Hello, and welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, Sex and Intimacy series. If you are listening to this episode, you are listening to a new intro. So welcome back or welcome to your first episode. Uh, please listen all the way through this intro. Um, I've For the last few episodes, I've had a repeat intro on to kind of preface this material. However, as we wrap it up, we have about four or five more episodes here in the Sex and Intimacy series. And I just want to touch base about what's going on, what's happening, and where everything's going. Because we wrapping up the Sex and Intimacy series, we are also wrapping up season two. And I'm really excited about that. Really proud Season two brought us over 100 episodes, over a year long, and over 10,000 downloads, over 11,000. And I know we'll push past 12 and possibly 13 before the end of this season. So I just want to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. This Sex and Intimacy series has just caught fire and is creating so much commotion in the world. And you guys are, you know, giving me feedback. You're sharing it with people. It's opening up new doors. I'm hearing from people I've never heard from. And it's just truly incredible because that is that is my commitment. And that's something that when I visualized having this entire resource available for people, that it truly would act somewhat as let's say an adult sex ed class. We haven't covered every single topic. A lot of them are put together. So it's not a type A one size fits all kind of um, <laughs> format. However, it is highly educational, highly insightful, and very thought provoking. So it's done exactly what I would hope it was going to do. And it's only going to continue to do more of that. So I just want to thank you again for listening. And thank you for sharing if this is your first time hearing one of these episodes. So it's no matter how you found it, I want to be the first to welcome you to the Hearts and Lage podcast. And thanks for tuning in. There is so much available in this podcast. That being said, we are going to wrap it up. As I mentioned, we have about four or five more episodes in this series and in this season. And what's going to happen after that is Miss Abigail is going to go uh, incognito for a minute. I am going to partake in Disappearing December. I heard it from Gary Vee and I was like, oh, hell yeah. I could tell my whole body told me like, you just needed a reason, bitch. (laughs) So I am going to take advantage of Disappearing December. I really set this series up to pretty much wrap up in the beginning of December. And so what I'm going to do is I won't be on social media. I won't be publishing podcast episodes. There's plenty to listen to, binge on, do whatever, especially during the holiday season. I have learned to honor this holiday season and uh, and the winter season as a time to hibernate and rest and restore. And that is exactly what I'm going to do. And I would highly encourage you to consider doing the same. And so uh, you will see me back in January. And then in January, we are going to launch a top 20 countdown of the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We did this between season one and season two, and it was so much fun. (laughs) And so that gives you plenty of time between when you hear this and, um, and January to listen into your favorite episodes, share your favorite episodes. We have plenty of guests that if um, you can bump them up, it's going to be so exciting. And I just have to tell you the sex and intimacy series, my uh, sexual history is the number one right now. The number one listened to episode is my sexual history. (laughs) And then, um, 
Make That Money Honey is one of my other favorite recorded episodes, and it is up there number two. And currently, Nicholas Dolfe, uh, his episode, Getting Rid of Anxiety with Ease, is uh, number three. And so it's just really great to see that we are opening our hearts. We're interested in expansion and what's available in unleashing our hearts. And so I just acknowledge you for listening in. I really can't thank you enough because this is my passion on display. This is my heart unleashed and it's so much fun to share with you. And so I will be joining you again in February for launching season three of the Hearts Unleashed podcast. Y'all, I am so excited to even say this kind of stuff. It is so amazing. With that being said, um, we are going to jump into these last couple episodes, and I am going to reread the intro for this series because if you it is your first time, I still do want to preface it and introduce myself. Uh, if you've heard the intro before, feel free to skip over it. And uh, again, don't forget to share this Hearts Unleashed podcast. You guys, we're truly turning dreamers into doers by create by sharing what's available in exploring your heart and doing the work around emotional intelligence. So thank you. Uh, it is such a pleasure to welcome you to the Sex and Intimacy series. My name is Abigail Gazda, and I am a clarity coach, helping you operate with more freedom, power, and self-expression in every area of life. In my career, I have coached men, women, couples, young people, large and small groups. I have even taught middle and high school physical education and health. During my years in the classroom, I was often the go-to teacher for age-appropriate version of sex and intimacy for my students. I taught teens about puberty, menstruation, sex, STDs, pregnancy, parenthood, consent, and non-consent. And for those of you who are just joining us here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we have been talking about all of these topics. So I invite you to join in and go and listen to the other episodes. Because in my time as a teacher, I have really developed the skill to talk about these topics. And I really relate to myself as an expert in this field with the qualification to teach you guys about them in these episodes. As a teacher, I have talked to kids about suicidal thoughts and self-harm. They've shared circumstances that made me want to adopt them. I walk them through healthy coping mechanisms and empowered living strategies. I taught them clear and direct communication. I supported them in helping their own friends and family through troublesome times. I've supported many people of all ages come out of closets of all types. I have explored the hearts and minds of many as they have learned to master and unleash them. That said, this Hearts Unleashed podcast sex and intimacy series is a great place to find out if we are speaking the same language and if it is time for us to be working together and I can meet your current needs. I will be straight with you though. Health and wellness class with Ms. Gazda is a serious one. I do not take teaching this information lightly because I am very aware that so many of us have not been talked to honestly about this topic. I found this very true when opening the discussion with a group of sophomores and telling them, listen, guys, I want you to ask me the honest questions that you have so I can get you the answers that you need. You are not going to shock me, scare me, or knock me off my rocker. It is the same as asking a doctor. 
I am a professional and I intend to educate you on the topics that you have questions about. I want you to ask the questions that you're afraid to ask your loved ones because I don't want you to go out finding the answers the hard way on your own. Please ask the questions that you need and know that there's no shame or judgment coming from here. You guys, I told that to high schoolers and they understood it. I know that you get it too. I know that you have questions. And I know that some of this information will provide you answers or provide you the opportunity to look within you for those answers. I found this so incredibly important to explain to the kids because I knew I wanted to make a true difference in their life, not in my classroom. I want to make a difference in your life, not with my podcast. I operated with the intention that most any of these lessons that you learn here on the podcast or in my classroom would clear a few branches off of your path. I would feel so happy to shine my light a little brighter to show the way a little farther. I happily accept my intuition to share this information with you as well. It feels like a duty and an honor. Much of what I will share in this series is my expression of universal consciousness. No matter what I say or how I say it, I speak the language of love and I speak from the heart. And if I am ever not, you can count on me saying that too. I do my best to educate, promote, and facilitate understanding and self-mastery of the human condition. This series will provide you a new lens through which to contemplate the topics of sex and intimacy. I personally would rate this context PG-13. It is a mature audience topic. However, I would not use age to determine maturity for this topic, or any topic for that matter. Young, developing ladies and gentlemen would be greatly served by this information. That said, I will be speaking about the topics of sex and intimacy candidly. Listen to these episodes assuming responsibility and maturity. I would also invite you to listen with an open heart, mind, and being. Honestly, if you are listening this far by now, I simply want to acknowledge you for your commitment to expansion. I try to imagine each and every one of my listeners. I wonder about your life and how I get to serve you. I pray for guidance, confidence, and trust, just like you, for you, with you, and to serve you. I am honored to present the Sex and Intimacy series as every aspect will impact your life for the better. Thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Let's dive in. All right, all right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, Sex and Intimacy series. We are at one of the last topics of this series, periods. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned it before in a couple other episodes. I specifically saved this episode as one of the last to um, ease everybody up about this topic, to ease everybody up around the topic of sex and intimacy. And if you've been tuning in for the whole series, I just want to acknowledge you. We are wrapping up here in the next two to three episodes. And 
It has been so much fun to teach you guys this stuff. And I saved periods for last because I really do hope that men are listening in. I've gotten some feedback about the titles of the episodes being triggering or not matching the content saying like, oh, I was nervous when I tuned into the title, but then the content was awesome, educational, insightful, and helped me with my own breakthroughs, which is spot on exactly. (laughs) I love having a lot of fun with the titles, but also representing what we're talking about. So we're talking about periods here. This is for men and for women. And I am also going to preface this with a lot of the, I built the structure of this episode off of a video that I'm also going to reference in the show notes. So you can go to heartsunleashed.com and get the link for a video by Teal Swan about periods and menstruation. Teal Swan is a leader, a spiritual guide. Her explanation of a lot of things, she has an amazing YouTube channel. Uh, I follow her on Instagram and Facebook. I would highly recommend it. Teal, T-E-A-L, Swan, S-W-A-N. And I love her personality. She's very calm and then also pretty comical about different topics that are otherwise considered pretty serious. But it's just the seriousness that society has put on it. And so we're actually going to have a lot of that conversation today around periods because it's one of the most natural cycles, one of the most natural occurrences in nature. And we still uh, treat it dirty or unclean or sinful, shameful. People are squeamish about it, including women. And so I think this is just such a great topic to begin, again, to demystify the conversation around sex and intimacy, around cycles, periods, fertility, bleeding, all of those things, because it is so, so natural. So I love reminding people this is the sex and intimacy series, according to a 30-year-old woman. I'll be sharing some of my perceptions. But that being said, I wanted to say that, especially today, because in my research, so I was a health educator, and in my research that even prepping for this episode, refreshing some things, wanting to really tie together the moon cycles and the energy cycles and nature and the period uh, fertility cycle. In that research, I saw so many conflicting, quote unquote, scientific opinions or um, homeopathic opinions. And, And so it was just, it's like, it's kind of sad to see, but this is exactly why I wanted to create this episode. If I have an audience, if I can have an opportunity to educate them, then I'm going to do that and use this opportunity to give you as much factual information as possible, but also give you this unique customized experience where you can look for yourself and discover your truths. Because Uh, In the evolution of humanity, we have gotten so far away from our natural cycles. And generationally, we don't know a whole lot. (laughs) Um, We haven't been given all the information. We haven't been given the most useful information to be our best selves, our most fully functional, our most natural, our most in tuned. And men or women, this is true. And men or women, this is helpful. So we're going to kind of dive into some of the mechanics of the monthly fertility cycle first. And I'm also going to tie in the moon cycles with this as we go. But just for now, the moon cycle is 28 days. And I'll walk us through a lot more of that information. As far as the fertility cycle goes, it ranges from 23 to 35 days. Um, Every woman is different. Uh, This is different age. 
geographically, culturally, there's so many differences. And, but the fact that the moon cycles 28 days and then the fertility cycle ranges from 23 to 35, it really, they used to teach that it, the fertility cycle is 28 days with the moon. And then noticing that it's shifted, we've had to shift that, <laughs> those statistics. But it just means that we've gotten away from our natural state not that they're not the same. But in general, a woman starts her fertility cycle, gets her periods between the ages of 11 and 14. So anywhere, usually about fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, and then some women start a little bit later into the high school ages and so on. And also, <laughs> not to dive in too deep, but I always was surprised when men and women did not understand that there are three holes down here, right? So we've got the urethra where urine comes from the bladder, and then there's the vaginal canal and the anus. And so, you know, just for whoever doesn't know yet, I want to explain that because um, as far as pregnancy goes or urinary tract infections or other issues or anything around that, there's issues that happen with pregnancy for this confusion because they think, oh, if I pee after sex, it'll wash out sperm and then I won't get pregnant. Those are two different canals. Those are two different ducts for us. And um, so that is something that I want to put out there to inform anybody who, who doesn't know that yet, doesn't understand that yet, that maybe you want to Google the female anatomy and get a little bit more informed, but this can prevent pregnancy. This can prevent um, some hygiene issues and just some general knowledge, appreciation, and respect, huh? <laughs> and then, um, for I don't know where that thought came from because I was on to um, girls getting their period between the ages of, oh, just sex ed and anatomy. Okay. But that women then go into their menstrual cycle phase around 50 and beyond. Now, sometimes this comes on a lot earlier and we feel symptoms of menopause er earlier than that. So, just to kind of understand and be able to look at what phase of life you're in, which I'm also gonna walk us through a lot of different phases here in the next couple minutes. Um, a period usually lasts about three to five days, but the severity of a woman's period and menstrual cycle, the flow varies greatly from woman to woman, and also based on the woman's anatomy, physiology, uh, lifestyle and and more. I remember as a youngster, my, I didn't get my period or it was being an athlete has stuff to do with it. Who you hang out with, we sync, our, our cycles do synchronize. So there's a lot of different factors and between the length, duration, frequency, and um, intensity of a woman's period. And then also as I'll explain more, the woman is usually ovulating about 14 days into her cycle. And the first day of any woman's cycle is the first day of her period. Now, this is usually at the phase where the uterus, the, so over the course of a period, the uterus, uterine lining builds. It builds with nutrients, it builds with other, this in general, and it starts to then shed. That is day one of the period. So it starts to shed and bleed. And that's where you notice blood clotting and different things is that the uterine lining is literally coming out because the woman's body has gone through the whole cycle. Every month, the body drops an egg 
preparing to become pregnant and the uterine lining holds that egg in place. And if the body does not become pregnant, it then sheds the lining of the uterus. So this is incredibly natural, incredibly natural. And without the period, obviously we would have population issues, we'd have all sorts of things. And so this being a natural cycle of the woman's body and anatomy, I want to talk about, now again, I want to encourage you to go listen to Teal Swan's video. She goes a lot more in depth. I want to keep this at the surface level to cover a few other topics, but if you are more interested, you can get more information about um, some of these topics in Teal Swan's video. And something that she mentions that I want to bring to you guys is the way that the patriarchal religions have shaped our relationship to periods. Again, I mentioned it earlier that the period is something that of original sin of the woman. It's like our lifelong punishment. I've actually heard that um, growing up, and I'm sure you have heard some sentiment of it is it's our punishment of Eve giving Adam the apple and damning us all to whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. So these parables, these stories, these whatever you'd like to call it is shaping our relationship to our natural cycle. And this is on a whole population. Right. And it's it's treated of a time to retreat and but also of embarrassment, especially in today's world. And I believe that this is I personally believe that this is a breakdown in the education system where we are not teaching our sons and daughters the natural reproductive organs and cycles, patterns, and and then all the choices and consequences involved with that. So because this has been deemed part of original sin and it is considered or or, um, referred to as shameful or sinful or unclean in a sense, there are many men who don't feel the need to learn more about it. It's just something that we need to take care of, handle, and not really make it known, try to hide it. And, but really, um, before we phased out of being a society that recognizes and honors the period in more ancient times, this was a time where women would, it was very ceremonial. In fact, I'm going to talk a lot more about that later. I'm trying, you'll hear me skipping through here because I have so many points I want to make about periods that I'm trying to stay in order. I'm doing my best for you guys, (laughs) but um, I've really been so passionate about this topic and educating people more about it and opening it up. Um, So going back to the religions and just this patriarchal sense, because this, yeah, I could add government in here, all the different things. There's like the pink tax, right? So um, women getting their razors, women getting their tampons and pads. And oh my God, we, we won't even go yet down the road of like third world countries and not having the proper um, care for our periods because it's seen as this gross kind of thing, especially to, um, I'll never forget because it was a comedy show. So it stuck out so much to me, but I think it was Sarah Silverman. She was like, when are we going to stop telling girls to be embarrassed about the scent of their vagina? Okay. Like, um, it's, it's natural. We don't have to wash it with perfumes. You don't have to like, um, be embarrassed. It is so natural. And it's because of the hormonal 
flow the or the ups and the downs and the different shifts and like and discharge there's all sorts of factors and your health your health is reflective your period and your vaginal health is reflective of your bodily health your physical health and your mental health so there's just so many things that i feel like they didn't um totally teach us in school. And that was my own experience. I can remember in fourth grade watching what we called the pancake video. And it was a movie. They, first off, you get in the fourth grade, everyone's prepubescent. And so we're all starting to like learn about this stuff it, because we're changing, things are changing and we're growing. And I remember being separated into boys and girls, put in two different classrooms one day. We didn't do our normal schedule. It's like a free day or something. And we watched this movie we called The Pancake Video. And in this movie, the girl gets her period at a sleepover and the mom just so happens to be a nurse, right? Of course. And so she, in the morning, um, makes pancakes, but makes a pancake in the shape of a uterus and shows the fallopian tubes and the ovaries and all the different things. And explains the different parts and like that was our knowledge about uh the reproductive organ the uterus and all of its facets and so that's what I remember from fourth grade uh puberty education was the pancake (laughs) and to like great because it was an age-appropriate way I guess to teach that but I get actually that's probably one of the points I want to make is we cartoonize it cartoonize it or we make it a more fictional and age-appropriate conversation but we're not actually teaching young children their body parts right we talk about heads nose uh, knees and feet but we don't talk about the genitals and i will never forget i heard in louis late louise hay said in her book you can heal your life something to the effect of there is not this gray haired man in the sky focused on your genitals. And and that was, that's a summary, but it opened my eyes up because there's so much shame around um, masturbation or arousal or again, periods that we never actually talk about these functions. Honestly, Therefore, there's so much darkness around it and it seems so perverse, but it is so natural. It's so natural. And when taught and learned appropriately or well, we can avoid so many sexual abuse issues by having some better education. And I just, I'll always believe in that. I'll always stand for it. I'll always promote it. Um, I've shared a lot of times that I'm interested in helping recalibrate education. And this is just one of those, those pieces. Sex ed is so important. Um, the reproductive organs and it's just all so important, but we were separated privately taught this stuff one day in, in school in fourth grade. And And then it's like, okay, we're good here, right? Like, it's kind of like the nervous parent who doesn't want to have the talks about the, you know, the birds and the bees, like even that it's so, we try to make it age appropriate, (laughs) but birds and bees is men and women. How, like what's happening during sex, what's happening during intercourse? How do we talk to people about not touching us? How do we say no? We weren't taught those things. You're taught one and done. Here's this video about, uh, 
pancake uterus and good luck with the rest of it and given a, a thing from the nurse a um hygiene packet with now deodorant and a pad <laughs> bless 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 uh schools doing whatever they can but man there could be so much more provided in this area and also what something that i pose in the realm of sex education and all of it is that we follow through with kids at a younger age. So in fourth grade, we're taught you're going to get your period. Boys, things are going to happen. Things are going to drop. Things are going to grow. And from there, you're just kind of left to figure it out. And if anything does go wrong or you do have a question, it's a go to the nurse situation, right? Go to the nurse kind of, there's a, I believe there's a stigma around it, especially for girls. Like they bleed through their pants, go, go to the nurse and, you know, get a change, blah, 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 which it's great. It's a safe haven. But I think that if teachers were, if we were all more open, honest, and educated around this topic, that any one teacher could support a young girl in sixth grade going through these changes, checking in, hey, have you gotten your period yet? Hey, you know, and and having some of those honest conversations. So I believe that it starts at a young age where a lot of us have our belief systems and myths or truths about the reproductive system and the fertility cycle and what's going on. But there it's also causing us to be uneducated adults so men who are squeamish about their about periods and you know i'll never forget hearing a grown man like oh oh i i don't want to i don't want to don't talk about that and it's just it just blows my mind because for teal swan explains this really well in her video about when a man is squeamish about periods, it's a truly a turnoff. It's as if the man cannot hold the totality of the woman, because if he can see her in her prime, he should be able to see her, which actually your period is often your prime, but it's more for a retreat for the woman and introspection. And then the woman then after shows up more to the world. And so if the man can accept her when she's showing up to the world, he should be able to hold and accept her when she's, it's time for her to retreat and relax and recoup, right? And so um, it is quite a turnoff when a man cannot be with that. If a man can have sex, he can spend the time to understand a period. If he can um, impregnate a woman, he can understand the cycle in which causes impregnation. <laughs> so, or pregnancy. <laughs> I love, I've been making words up this whole time. I've been catching myself and I really don't care. <laughs> um, so that being said, this actually goes the same for you women, okay? If you are someone who's squeamish about periods or you don't like to talk about it or you're embarrassed, that means you can't hold the totality of yourself and that there's healing work to do. It could be, um, you know, again, passed down, but where it's an embarrassing situation. But women, this is one of our greatest gifts. And I encourage you to shift your relationship to that and begin to understand it a little bit more and, and dive in. And speaking of the totality of the male and the woman, I really want to give you an opportunity um, to learn a little bit more if you haven't listened to the dance of the divine masculine and feminine. That was last Monday's episode. Um, I would love to encourage you to check that out because we're talking about the differences. And I heard it just the other day and loved it. So I explain in Monday's, the last Monday's episode, the dance of the divine feminine masculine. 
that women are like water, right? Well, if you think about this as a flowing river, women are like water. We, we flow freely within the, we fill the container that we are put in, right? So if you know this about yourself, which I did explain in the other episode, if you know that women are like water and we fill the container we're put in, women you can consciously choose the container you end up in. Meaning if you're creating the structure of your next level self, then you will become her. You will fill that container. So I invite you to do some future planning about the woman that you plan on becoming, about the man that you plan on becoming, and fill that container, live into that. Well, what I heard between recording the last episode and this one is that, you know, women are water, but men are like riverbanks. And so at men hold the water in place. And so this is a true dance. This is a true marriage of the two. And so I'm going to begin to go into cycles and men, you fit in here because I'm actually going to save that note for a little bit later because I want to start by talking about the different cycles that are all correlated. So the cycle of the moon, the fertility cycle and seasonal cycle. So we're gonna begin tying all three of these together. So women go through four major life cycles, the maiden, the mother, maga, and prone. So you can, just by hearing them, you can imagine the four cycles of a woman, right? Well, this happens on a life scale, and this even happens in a year scale, and this happens in a monthly scale right? So maiden, mother, maga, and prone is more stretch over life. And in the annual sense, there is um, respectively spring, summer, fall, and winter. Now this, the spring, summer, fall, and winter, um, women have argued forever about which is which and which goes with um, which phase of your period. And so there's also the moon cycles that are associated with this, which is the new moon, where the moon is mostly disappeared. It looks like a little sliver. And then the waxing moon, where the moon is growing over the cycle. And then there is the full moon. And then the waning moon, where the moon is starting to disappear again and and, uh, will be covered, (laughs) Uh, have shadow cast over it, right? And so these four four cycles are all tied together. And I want to go back to the uh, spring, summer, fall, and winter. And Teal Swan, again, I'm going to encourage you to go watch that video. She explains these so well. And we're going to go over the different energies of them. But it's really for you to decide which site, which seasons uh, associate in your cycle. Like um, for instance, for myself, I feel like when I'm actually bleeding, it's the spring cycle. I'm shedding and I'm bleeding and it's feeling very new and fresh, like coming out of the winter, which is for me, winter feels like that pre-bleeding um energy, which we'll go over the energies as well. And if you'll forgive me, I'm kind of skipping over my words because number one, I haven't talked about this stuff since health class. And I haven't talked about this stuff in as much detail ever. So this is new for me to be teaching it again and I'm loving it and I'm slightly nervous. So I'll acknowledge that to you. So for me, the winter phase is that pre-week where I just feel 
so tired, so um, drained. Oh my goodness gracious. It's just like this lead up. And I, that's when I have most of my cravings. I'm intensely withdrawn and I'm thinking more. I'm feeling more. I want to, I want to, and I sleep more now before I ever knew this information, I did not understand what was going on with my body. And something that is important to say is that like our society is not equal not a secular society. We have tried to get away from that. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but in my winter phase, like as a collegiate athlete, as a teacher, when you have a nine to five, you, when you're a mama and like our society doesn't honor the cycles, we have to be in performance mode like a hundred percent of the time, but women are not designed for that. I'll explain that a little bit more, but I, you know, my winter cycle is the week usually before my period and I'm super withdrawn and just really wanting to stay under the covers and just let my body do what my body is doing. And then in the fall or excuse me, in the spring, there's a freshness, a bit of a waking up for me personally, even though I'm on my period. And even though I may be in physical pain, like the cramps and um, the back pain, I definitely feel more energetic. It's quite interesting because like I said, every woman's period matches up with like the seasonal associations uh, differently. Some people do feel really energetic while they're bleeding. Some people absolutely not. Um, but for me, it is. There's more of a freshness. It's when I want, I feel the, the need to rearrange my room. I'm feeling um, insightful and inspired. And that's, it's interesting because you would think at that time for most women when they're bleeding is when they want to lay down, relax and rest. It's definitely a time of awakening for me. And right up after bleeding is when my summer phase starts, where I'm feeling really sexually um, driven and charged. For me, that's right before ovulation. So day one is when you start bleeding and the ovulation begins about 14 days in during the full moon. And so that, well, that's the association. So I'm going to keep walking us through that. But for me, it's when I'm feeling really energetic, really social. I'm out there. I'm manifesting a lot of things that I was inspired about during the spring phase. And I'm really in creative flow. So I will use this week of the month to do most of my productive work. Same thing with the fall um, phase. A lot of things are starting to come to fruition. At that point, I spent the whole week of the summer phase creating, creating, creating. And in the fall week, I'm really craving completion, tying up loose ends, wrapping things up and getting ready to retreat. So uh, things have come to fruition. I've manifested a lot, but then I'm ready to let go of that drive and that passion and become a little bit more reflective and reclusive. And then again, back to that winter phase where it's, you're intensely withdrawn. You want to hide out, relax, restore, do a lot of self-care, allow your body to feel as tender as it feels and give yourself. Now, one other thing, this still occurs while you're pregnant, your body still goes through the cycles. And I think that just because we're not actually having our period, that we get a little bit tricked about this, but it is important to honor the production that's going on in your body. It, it is um, 
it's going through a lot and our like you can stand in front of the mirror and not see it but internally there's so much happening we're going to actually talk a little bit about birth control in a few minutes as well because humanity has managed to use birth control to stop periods we are so out of whack so out of whack with um the cycles and that's kind of what i was talking about and mentioning a little while ago is our modern society is not fit for cycles and we as women quite literally are controlled by them like our physiology is controlled by cycles the moon our the uh, fertility cycle the seasonal cycles all of it we are like water and and we are nature we are the most in tuned with nature between men and women and so it's like part of our job to be in tune with nature and the planet the female the planet is female the energetic um the energetics of gaia is female and so we are so connected and in this society we are just not the constant performance that is required is not the women's natural state of existence that's what's caused so much confusion that's what's caused so much uproar not the only thing but it's a huge part of it because it has so many consequences when we are not tapped in we are so naturally connected to nature that we keep humanity grounded but if we which is what happened is we leaned into our masculine energy so much for women's rights and equality, which is great. We did it. We've done it. We're there. But now it's time to tap back in into our intuitive nature. And this is where we can kind of flip from the mechanics of the monthly cycle over to the magic of the monthly cycle, the esoteric side of it. It's an opportunity to really understand the mysticism behind it and the symbolism and celebration and ceremonial um, perception of it that really allows us to get back into our natural state of being. So as I mentioned about the full moon cycles, it is natural that a woman starts to bleed on the uh, new moon. And then on the full moon is when she's ovulating. And so when you're synchronized with the actual moon, it's just more natural. It also that has a lot to do with the water and the tides and everything, because like, I want you to imagine the moon has an effect on the oceans. It moves the oceans. Women are water. The moon raises our tides and lowers our tides that's like if you feel emotional or wishy-washy look at the relationship to your period and the moon and i also want to use this as an opportunity to let men know that you too have cycles so i i've mentioned a few times about like phantom periods but men women humans we are like 80 percent water right and the moon moves the oceans so if you can start to honor that these are in fact tied together and that your the water within you is affected by the flow and the cycle of the moon you can start to understand your own energetic cycles so men too look for yourselves it's not just about bleeding and and period blood flow it's about 
the flow of water within you. So if you look at that fall, winter, spring, summer cycle, you could probably identify your different um, feelings, emotions, cravings during the month as well. This allows us all to be in synchronicity. There's a lot more natural synchronicities that occur. We're in tuned with each other. We're attentive to each other. And here's the thing. Let's get real big here because y'all know me well enough. It's like, this is to me, a solution to so much hate, shame, blame, war, and problems in the world is if we can come back to our natural states, then we are more understanding, we are more compassionate, we're more in touch, and we can get more into an abundance mindset. War, poverty, hunger, all those things are exist in this scarcity mindset. And we are in an abundant planet with abundant resources. But it's in this masculine dominance that we lose our care for each other. And women have the access to the compassion that could solve a lot of these problems, but we are not in our natural state of being. We have exited this so much by fitting into modern society and the keeping up, keeping up. And so we have little to no idea about our monthly cycles, about our natural states of being. And it's so important to start to understand this stuff. So, um, it, it's just important. I want to keep pushing it. I, I keep saying how important it is, but you're listening this far in. So I acknowledge you. I know that you know it's important. And um, I now invite you to become someone who is an advocate for people learning about their cycles and all of this information. Now, I want to take a little moment to tell a fun little story because I didn't, this goes back to like in education, we could be learning more. We could be more equipped to have people understand their cycles. So when I was, it was fifth grade, which is interesting, right? Because the same age that we're starting puberty is the same age that we are starting sports in school. And so this adds a component for us females, right? Because, you know, we're getting our periods for the first time, which is embarrassing because we haven't been taught anything better. Although I will actually tell a really fun story. There's two stories back to back here. When I got my period, the women in my family celebrated. They were like, you're a woman now. Congratulations. I'll never forget because they did their best, which was we went, all the women in my family, my aunts, my grandma, we packed up, went to Chicago and went to the American Girl doll store. And I got an American Girl doll. <laughs> or maybe I already had one, but we got her an outfit or something. But I'll just never forget because I, I do believe this is why I literally have a podcast where I'm talking about periods to the rest of the world because my first period was so celebrated. I actually remember getting it on my birthday uh, week in fifth grade and it felt like the marking of that next year and my mom celebrated me and my, the women celebrated and um, I don't know the difference. My sister is two years younger than I but she had a lot more embarrassment around her period. And sorry, I don't mean to put your business out there. I won't tell too much of it, but I used to, I remember teasing her. I like, I was a, I was a jerk of a big sister in this sense, because I was so, it was so normal and natural to me that like tampons weren't a big deal. Or like, you know, if we were going on basketball trips and be like, Oh, I got my period, you know? And so I would let the, like, let the team know, or let my coach know, but this, <laughs> this is, um, leads right into my next story is 
in fifth grade, when I did get my period, it was, so it's February, which was basketball season. And my mom goes, as soon as I got it, she goes, oh, no wonder your coach, uh, your basketball coach, bless her, Sue. <laughs> she asked me if you were had your period already. You must have been crabby at basketball practice or something. And I was like, oh, I didn't know like that was happening. So at that point, get just getting my period, I didn't understand PMS. I didn't understand like why my back would hurt. It took me a couple months and then a couple years to really start to associate everything and understand. And I do feel like there could be more education in our education system for this. However, so Sue asked my mom, Hey, is Abby already have her period or like, is she getting it? Do you know what, what her status is? Cause like I must've been being a brat or like whatever in basketball. Cause we know that we don't feel good. Right. We know that our back hurts. And so as women, then your and your breasts will start to be more sensitive. There's a lot of plenty of signals, especially if you are actually tracking it. And so, um, I'll just, I'll never forget that because that's where I learned when my mom said that was like, oh, there's actually pain associated to this process. And so it's just really interesting. And then um, moving through, so my my family celebrated it, my coach called it, and, and it really helped me normalize periods. And so I felt really open talking to older women about it, to my friends about it. And then bless my sister, I rem- I'll never forget this story. And I owe her a formal uh, public apology <laughs> is we, um, we were in high school and she's comes up to me super secret and I'm two years older. So I think I'm a junior. She's a freshman. And she's like, Abby, do you have a tampon? I started my period. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Emily, here's that tampon you needed. And like in the middle of the junior hallway and she, I'm pretty sure hates me for it (laughs) or did at the moment. But, um, I, I always knew that I wanted to, um, support her being super open about it. Cause one more story, I'm having so much fun. You guys, one more story is when she first got her period, I told the whole team on a travel basketball trip that she got it. And she was so mad at me because I was celebrating her period the way that my mom and family celebrated mine. So I was like, everybody listen up. <laughs> and Emily, I'm so sorry. And I love you. And I love your period. <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, So we're going to shift over here into the conversation around contraception because as we have grown, so I started birth control right in college or maybe my senior year of high school. And I remember justifying it because back then was a time they were like, oh, it helps with cramps. As an athlete, I had such awful cramps and it was so painful. And it was a solid week and a half where I just was out of commission. And I, and I didn't understand how to honor that cycle. And I was in 100% performance mode all the time. So that was such a reflector of like the education or the awareness around it and also the respect of it. And so I was put, or I went on birth control as early as I could and was on it for 10 years, which I think of now because I'm, I'm no longer on it and I haven't been on it for uh, at least five years, I would say four or five years. And so coming off of it, only coming off of it 
did I really see the difference and feel the difference and feel more natural and feel more in my body. But because hormonal contraception basically suppresses the natural cycles, it's destroyed our natural cycles and our association with like the moon and the planet and the stars. And so no cycle or a manipulated cycle has us out of tune with ourself, our planets, our humanity. And it can truly just be so harmful because we're getting so far away from our natural state of being. And birth control consumption is not only harmful to women, but is also harmful to men. And Teal Swan explains more, much more in depth about this um, <clears throat> in her video. However, what I do want to say is that us being on it for so long and not knowing the repercussions has been causing infertility in both women and men because women we are urinating this into the water and eventually no matter what filtration whatever these hormonal defects are having hormonal defects on men as well and so our society is being altered by this contraception and so it's something to get away from. It's something to not be putting young girls on so early. There are so, there's so many better ways to celebrate the body and to lean into our period. Um, stopping it is not okay and not natural. I stand by that. There's many other forms of contraception, burial contraception that can help. And then also um, planning, proper planning, tracking your ovulation, as far as birth control goes, um, there is a blessing that we have so many options to prevent pregnancy because, um, in, in the past it was like, you're pregnant and that's what's happening. Right. And so now we have these amazing options, but you can also track your cycle to prevent this because in understanding that there is a specific time frame which ovulation where the egg travels from the ovaries through the fallopian tubes into the uterus is where it stays to become fertilized. We, if you know that time frame because you are tracking it, you avoid having sex at that time. Um, this could seem like basic information to those of you who know it. However, like I said, I'm super committed to expanding consciousness. And for those of you who don't know it, because our education, our religion, whatever has prevented us, our family style has prevented us from knowing this information. All right. So to begin to wrap this up, we're going to talk a little bit more about the association between the moon and the period. So the full moon, uh, or excuse me, the new moon is day one. And this is a time for contraction, introspection. And um, as Til Swan explains, it is very much like an inhale, the right? You're refreshing yourself. You're going back into your yourself. And this is that time to really just relax, allow yourself to recharge. But I want to say a little bit more about the associations because you can use the moon in a very ceremonial aspect. The moon is a reflector. It literally reflects the sun's light to the earth. And so our period is a reflector of your body health. And it's also a like each single period is a reflection of your health and your energetics from the previous, the cycle that led up to that period. And so in the new moon, when you're starting your period, starting to bleed, 
this is a chance to really check in with yourself um, there. And again, Teal Swan talks a lot about different ceremonial um, um, options, which include moon ceremonies as well as ceremonies with period blood. It's fascinating. I highly encourage you to check out that video. I'm going to keep talking about it. Um, so that being said, um, the full moon, which is about 14 days in, is a time for creation. So you see a lot of moon ceremonies now. Astrology is becoming more popular, more mainstream, and they encourage you in that new moon to um, inhale, to set intentions and all of those things. And then in the full moon is a time for creation. It's the exhale, the, ah, here you go world. Here's what I've been um, gathering within me and, and manifesting within me and visualizing within me. And then during that full moon, you can set those intentions and bring things to fruition. The time to release again, ovulation, releasing the egg. Okay. So and after the new moon, after our period is when we really want to show back up to the world. And so that full moon, imagine we're showing up fully and displaying our beauty. Okay. And so, um, one last piece that we're going to wrap up with, and, um, I, I appreciate Teal Swan for all her information. That was the most, um, I really went with her her structure. And I wanted to share a lot of what she shares because you can go online and you can look a lot of different stuff up and there's so much conflicting stuff that it can get pretty confusing. Um, I just found Teal Swans to be the most factual, natural, and um, all encompassing. But one point that she makes at the end of her video as well is that women, we bleed for an average of 10 straight years of our lives. So if you put all the days and weeks and hours of our period in a linear, like to measure it, 10 straight years you spend on your period. Now, if we did put all these together as a decade, like your 20s or your 30s or your 40s, whatever, imagine this has been shamed for so long. I want you to imagine the shame you've ever felt around your period. And imagine it expanded for 10 straight years. So if you're someone who does feel shameful, embarrassed, or you don't enjoy the, the actual fertility cycle and the bleeding phase, the invitation is to recreate your relationship with your period and bleeding. And again, I would definitely encourage Teal Swan's video because she talks about different ceremonies or wearing different jewelry and it's a real and using um, crystals and stones for it. So there's a lot of great tips to truly enjoy your period. There's no need to spend 10 straight years of your life in shame or hate or suffering. And so this is such an invitation to fall in love with your period. It's an invitation to fall in love with yourself. Men, it's an invitation to fall in love with your women. This is such a beautiful thing. It's such a natural thing. And um, I just want to thank you for tuning in and listening and educating yourself. And I'd love to invite you to share this episode with people, with young girls, with whoever. Um, I wanted to make this, you know, again, we, we're not measuring uh, maturity on age. So if there's a young lady in your life who could be served by this information, please share it. It's, uh, it's my commitment that we are empowered, that we are in flow, that we are being the women we want to be. So men can be the men that they want to be. And we can kind of find some synchronicity, some harmony and bring it back into our modern society. 
You guys, I love you. It's your time to live unleashed. It's the time you live your heart, your brain, your mind, your heart, your soul, your period unleashed. <laughs> and as we begin to wrap up this episode, something that I want to share with you that I am so excited about is this Friday, I am interviewing the CEO of Diva Cup, Kareen Chambers Saini. And she is so awesome. This episode is already recorded. I know what we talk about on Friday. And so I'm really excited for you to hear what she has to share. But this is, um, so the Diva Cup is a product that is, is a silicone, a medical grade, grade two medical silicone cup that you insert into the vaginal canal to collect your period blood. And then you pull that out. You can dispose of it. You can actually collect and save it for ceremonies or whichever, whatever you'd like to do with it. However, I want to explain that we are doing a giveaway of the Diva Cup, and I am so excited about this. And so it starts today, as you hear this episode, I want you to head over to Instagram. It's where I'm hosting the giveaway. And I'm going to be giving a Diva Cup size one, Diva Cup size two, and a Diva Wash away. And so what I would like you to do is head over to Instagram. I'm gonna include the link in my bio for the submission for your entry into the Diva Cup giveaway. We will be doing this giveaway today. It starts through Wednesday, and I am announcing the winner on Friday's episode with the Diva Cup CEO, uh, Kareem. So it's a great episode. She shares how she's gotten this information and product into the world and how important it is to begin um, ending poverty, period poverty and period shame. So it's such a great episode. This is such a great giveaway and it is such a great product. Oh my gosh, you guys, I want you to check it out. Um, do your research, check it out. I'll be sharing and informing you on my Instagram feed. I'll be sharing a little bit more about Diva Cup and a little bit more period information and education, but oh, I'm so excited to be hosting a giveaway. I'm so excited to introduce you to this product. I've been using it for about five months now, and I really love the product. It's great. Um, it does. I want to say this, and I said it in Friday's episode as well, is when you use a Diva Cup, you want to use it for about three to four periods before deciding if it's for you or not, because we're, again, it's not normalized touching your own blood or um, reaching up in there for something <laughs> is, is, can be a new experience for you. And it's such a way, oh my gosh, you guys, I have fallen so in love with my body now that I understand the moon cycles, the energy cycles, and I honor them. I am more productive than ever, more productive than when I was doing like a full out performance mode in college and in teaching and everything. I am way more productive, way more in love with my body, way more in love with these cycles, way more in love with the planet and humanity. Oh my gosh. Um, and so studying this information is so important, but so is the Diva Cup really helped me fall more in love with my body and the work that it actually does. I honor the function of my period and my fertility cycle, and it fascinates me. It fascinates me that the body does what the body does without us doing anything. So I want to, you know, Alan Watts talks about this a lot. And I encourage you to go listen to anything, Aaron Watts as well, if you want to expand your mind. But um, he talks about just the planets spin. The earth does what the earth does. The, the body does what the body does. Nature does what nature does. The universe does what the universe does without any man 
controlling it or woman, right? But without us, we cannot control nature. And much of our struggle is made and uh, forced through our attempt to control nature and our natural way of being. So I invite you to lean into your natural state of being, and you will find so much flow in life, in your period, in your happiness, in abundance, prosperity, and all of it. So you guys, I absolutely love you. Please let me know how this uh, episode supported you. Please go participate in the Diva Cup giveaway or share with a friend. I would love for you to do that. Um, I just want to thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast because we are turning dreamers into doers. The Hearts Unleashed podcast is proudly supported by I'm Hearing Stories, an audiobook publisher and producer. Audiobooks are a fun, entertaining, and leading-edge way to break into new markets and spread your story like a wildfire. If you're an author, coach, speaker, or entrepreneur, it can exponentially enhance your credibility in your field and make you quickly relatable. Okay, so good news. I'm Hearing Stories has helped authors like our Hearts Unleashed creator, Abigail Gazda, turn that dream into a reality. And they can help you too. With I'm Hearing Stories, you get expert guidance to walk you through the murky waters of this process. So here's your inspired action. Click the link below or go to imhearingstories.com and turn your dream of having an audiobook into a reality. 